0: Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology.
1: Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights in bullion sales. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us today is Bart Jaworski, the CEO and director of Group 11 Resources, which is known for advanced stage zinc exploration. In Ireland. Mr. Jaworski, welcome to
0: the show. Thanks for having me, Maurice. Much appreciated.
1: Glad to have you back on the program, sir, to discuss a major breakthrough for Group 11 Resources that may significantly increase the company's value proposition. But before we begin, Mr. Jaworski, for first-time listeners, please introduce us to Group 11 Resources.
0: We are a Canadian-listed mineral exploration company focused on zinc exploration in the Republic of Ireland. Zinc, as you know, is the fourth most commonly mined metal in the world. And in fact, global inventories have been dropping sharply over the last six years or so. And we are, in fact, now at a 12-year low in inventories, mostly on uh, insufficient mine supply. So we're quite bullish on the metal. We have the largest land position in the richest country in the world for zinc, that being Ireland. Ireland is actually number one in terms of zinc found per square kilometer. There's a lot of... uh, deposits over a relatively small area, and everybody knows uh, Ireland is a fairly small country. In, term, in terms of our goal, it's to discover the next big zinc deposit in the country. We already have the second and third largest undeveloped zinc deposits in, in Ireland, and that being the Stone Park and lac deposits, and those are second only to Glencore's very substantial Palace Green deposit, which is one of the largest undeveloped zinc deposits in the world. And I guess lastly on the team, we have a strong independent board and a very experienced management team so uh, including that mag silver is a strategic investor and with people like peter mcgaw and dan McInnes involved as well as very experienced irish geologists like uh, david furlong john Barry, dr mark Holdstock, is a very powerful combination as for myself i'm the ceo and co-founder of the company i've been in the mining industry for the last 24 years or so uh, firstly, as an exploration geologist for about seven years, and then a uh, mining equity analyst for 12 years at Raymond James in Vancouver and Davy in Dublin, and for the last few years as CEO of Group 11. Yeah, you know, Group 11 is
1: unique in that the company has two flagship projects, Balnelec and Stone Park. Mr. Jaworski, Group 11 just completed a drill program and the results got the market's attention. Take us to the Stone Park project, which is adjacent to Glencore's Palace Green Deposit, and walk us through the project and share the company's recent accomplishments.
0: Let me launch into the Verify 3D platform now and first show you the land position we have at stone park and the adjoining pg west project so if you can see my video here i'm just going to spin it around so you can see the northern part of ireland and i'm just going to turn on my uh, handy dandy yellow pen here so this for uh, for reference is the galway area um if you move over to here that's basically on the uh, right hand side of your screen that's the dublin area we have basically, well, it's a fairly large land package, as you can see from that scale. It's uh, 1,200 square kilometers, in fact, and it consists of two main properties. The PG West property over here, which is uh, which is 1,000 square kilometers, we own it 100%, and the adjoining Stone Park project, which is 200 square kilometers, and we have that 77% to group 11 and 23, roughly, to Arkol Resources, which is a AIM-listed uh, junior resource uh, exploration company. So that is basically the Stone Park West project. And of course, uh, contiguous to us is Glencore's Palace Green Deposit. Well, now we're looking at the 3D model uh, in its full 3D glory. You can see I can turn it around here. And we're basically looking at the same property boundaries, but now with the geology under And I guess the first thing you'll notice is basically this uh, green layer over here. So I guess I'll preface it by saying this entire area over here is called the Limerick Basin. All these green rocks you see here are what's called the Walsortian Limestone. This is where zinc deposits in Ireland typically occur. So this is our target horizon and we control most of the green in the Limerick Basin. So that's an important fact uh, to state. The other thing to notice here is these uh, oval pink rocks here called the Limerick Volcanic Complex. And what I'll do here is just zoom in on this area in here just to show the viewers uh, what's going on here. So this is basically a very important package of rocks because for the longest time it was always thought that they had nothing to do with the zinc mineralization in this area. But in fact, we only now know over the last few years that in fact they are part of the main driving system. So they're actually they take a typical air style zinc deposits and effectively put them put them on steroids. So they they enhance the zinc mineralization in the area, or at least that's what we believe right now. But they, they definitely have a strong bearing on the zinc mineralization. So in effect, it's a very important package of rocks. I'm just going to illustrate that a little bit more, maybe with a black pen this time around. So this is really what we're looking at here. And then um, this is where the zinc deposits actually occur. So if you have... Our uh, Stone Park uh, resource over here on our part of the property, this is 5 million tons at 11% zinc and lead. And then right next door, essentially, we have the Palace Green Deposit, which is 45 million tons at 8% roughly. Okay, so there you can see how close they are together. Right now what I'm going to do is just flip this around and uh, let you see the underneath just to get a flavor of what this looks like underneath. I'm just going to zoom in on this lads here these uh, triangles and uh, rectangles and polygons these are basically the resource estimate Uh, this is what makes up the stone park deposit uh, in in uh, earnest and basically this whole area uh, is about 200 to 400 meters uh, below surface so it's considered a relatively shallow deposit and then once you move over to the palace green side from uh, glencore's public disclosure of late, uh, the deposit there goes starts off at about 300 meters and goes down to 1,300 meters, and that's where the, the new discovery is towards the lower end of that range. So it seems to be uh, much uh, much deeper from from our perspective. So that's a little bit about uh, basically the lay of the land uh, from from this area. Bart, what can you share with us about this Palace
1: Green corridor?
0: Well, effectively, it's basically these two straight blue lines that you see here, uh, effectively here and here. And these blue corridors or this blue corridor is basically an idea that, that stemmed or was born out of Group 11's Big Think initiative. So we've, we've effect- effectively um, looked at all the data in this camp and started looking at the geology, and this is really what fell out of it. So it's a very important um, uh, realization by us that, that the Palace Green, the main deposit, appears to be in the northwest uh, orientation. If I zoom in, or if you can see it from your vantage point, there's all these faults through here. That's from the, that's from the government mapping. And effectively, we have this sink deposit over here called Kittle And that's effectively how things stood before we basically started drilling a few months ago. And effectively, what we found with the drilling is we found a brand new hydrothermal system in here called Kiltili, and we found some significant mineralization at Ballywire, which has effectively doubled that, that corridor to 20 kilometers. It was effectively just gone up to, from here to here, so it's 10 kilometers. Now we've extended it to 20 kilometers. And I think we've added a lot more meat to to the, to the idea that there is a corridor, in fact, because there's a lot more going on around here. So effectively, that's, that's kind of where we sit right now with this corridor. Bart, this is fantastic news. You know, we've doubled the size of the mineralized
1: trend. I'd like to have the listeners find out a little bit more about it. Talk to us about Ballywire, which is basically the new extension here.
0: Well, yes, indeed. So let's look at Ballywire. So now I'm gonna just basically take this and rotate it around and show you the relationship of Ballywire to Glencore's Palace Screen deposits. So I'm just gonna turn on my yellow pen. And if you can see it's a little dark but basically the pale green uh, stone park system occurs here at the base of this green unit which is the wall sorcian limestone and basically it's postulated to dive underneath here and this is where we think our feeder structure is there it's postulated there's these faults here which bring up the wall sorcian up to here and effectively it goes up into the air it's been eroded eroded off and dives back down here again so you can see how it is the same unit and it occurs along the same structure, and this is basically where Ballywire is uh, in this area. Bart, take us in for a closer look at Ballywire. Okay, so I'm just going to zoom in on this area and show you what we actually hit. So let's just uh, zoom into this area, and effectively you can see where that green layer is. I'm going to just turn off the drill holes so it's a little cleaner view. And then basically turn on my uh, yellow pen. So effectively, there's three historic holes in this area. And effectively, we drilled the third hole way out here, which is a 260-meter step out. But effectively, just to take you closely uh, or very quickly through the history here, 13% that was drilled here back in the year 2000. Very interesting zone over here, which has a lot of copper and silver in it, up to 430 grams silver, in fact, and almost 2% copper over now this is over 15 centimeters uh but it's also a a second zone to a one meter intercept which has also 200 grams silver these are very high numbers for ireland actually one of the highest numbers i've ever seen in the country and usually when you have copper silver together like this it usually means you're close to a feeder so whether that feeder is here somewhere we don't know yet but it is telling us something, and I'm just going to park that for the moment. But that is interesting. Then, basically, eight years later, in 2008, uh, another operator came in here and, and stepped out at about 300 meters and got some more joy. They got uh, you know 13% over, over 30 centimeters here, part of a wider zone as well. Um, and that was quite interesting. And I think the guys were very excited by this because all of a sudden they've got a second dimension to this to this Ballywire prospect. But guess what? Unfortunately, it was the Lehman Brothers crisis, and they couldn't raise uh, any more money on a base metal project, especially around those days. So that's essentially where Ballywire sat for another 10 years up until we came along and drilled our hole. And our thinking with this hole effectively was to get closer, drill this hole but get closer to to this fault structure, which is inferred from geophysics. This is called the uh, Kilross fault, and it is postulated to be there. We don't know exactly where it is, but it seems that mineralization is emanating from this structure. So we wanted to get closer in on that and see what we can can get. And in fact, uh, we got the best drill results to date on this prospect. We got some really healthy numbers. If I could just zoom in here. So we got effectively... This intercept here, so it's a 35 meters uh, of intermittent zinc mineralization with some high grades in it. I guess the the standout was this 35% intercept with nearly 100 grams silver over 20 centimeters. But if you average that out with the lower grade shoulders, it still runs 6% over a meter and a half. So it's a fairly decent intercept. And we've got uh, nearly a meter here of uh, 5.8% and nearly a meter of... 13% Thirteen percent with forty grams silver, so very, very happy with that that is the best results we've gotten so far on this prospect. And art what is the next step here for group eleven well that's an excellent question because from now we can basically the the next logical step is to basically chase this fault down and see where it actually occurs, and notionally the grades should Improve once you get closer to this fault if indeed this fault is driving the system So that's a key area of focus for us But another very intriguing area for us is to basically look this way and see if we can chase down This potential feeder structure based on this copper silver zone here and the fact that you're getting fairly shallow here uh, Probably about 200 300 meters deep. So this is an area that's quite intriguing for us to show that better I'm just gonna flip this around now to a plan view and show you what's going on here. So the area we were just looking at is basically this area here, this whole pink area. That's the hole from two thousand. This is the Lehman hole, if you want to call it that. This is our hole and, and our intercept. So this whole area is six hundred and fifty meters across uh, down dip. And then the question is, where do you go to from? Where do you go from here? So the blue lines are very, very important to know. These are the inferred. Uh, fault structures, which may be the feeders for the zinc mineralization, they are inferred from geophysics. Doesn't really matter where they came from, but that's where we believe the the faults are. And so this is the copper uh, copper area, and if you can if you can see, it's at the intersection of this fault here and this fault here. Well, typically where you have an intersection of faults, that's where you have maximum broken up rock therefore fluid flow therefore potential to to form zinc deposits this is 300 million years ago 400 million years ago mind you but that's that generally how these things form so this is a very interesting area for us to go and explore and if you look this whole area has never been drilled there's not one single historic hole you can see that where the historic historic holes are here they're just little gray dots you see no gray dots in this area, and this, of course, would be very shallow over here on this side. So it's a very, uh, it's prime hunting territory for us. The other area is right in this uh, this box right here. So this could actually be, once we drill more in this area, what we could find is that this is actually the more prospective side of this fault. It could be that this is actually the back bleed mineralization that we're looking at here. So that's one of the questions that we'll want to be answering with future uh, drilling in this area. Uh, So those are the two prime targets. And then when you go down here, you're getting a little bit deeper, right? Deeper than what we've drilled, probably 700, 800 meters deep. But it is something we do want to prove up and see where is this fault structure, because these two fault structures could be the drivers in this uh, this prospect. And of course, the northwest orientation. So structurally, this is a very interesting area, and it could yield a lot more results. And again, that'll help us push the needle more towards... Our current resources to you know that the magic 10 million tons of 10% which is the rule of thumb in Ireland of what you need to be uh, economic.
1: Take us to your second target hit which was equally intriguing.
0: That was Kiltili and yeah it, indeed it was and I would a- almost argue it's more significant than Ballywire because this area hit 230 meters of a hydrothermal system um, over here but before I get into that it's really important to understand the general context. So this is going back to this basically limerick volcanic complex, which is this belt of rocks over here. I should use a black pen for that. So it's this area in here. And basically you can split the, uh, the this belt, oval belt of rocks, this cover, cover rock of volcanics into two halves, the northern half over here and the southern half. And it's the northern half that's been very well explored by Glencore and ourselves and our historic operators on the stone park project so this area has been relatively well explored if you will but guess what on the southern half it's been virtually unexplored there's only been one hole ever drilled and that was generally in this area over here if you can see my my black dot over there and that is it no other drilling in the southern half and of course the big question here is is the southern half a mirror image of the north give us a little bit more granularity and let us
1: know in particular, where in the south side are you gonna focus most of your efforts?
0: Right, so this is where things get fairly interesting. I'm just gonna zoom out a little bit here. So the south side is where it's at for us, obviously. We own most of the ground in the south side. So if I just uh, trace over our property boundary, it's more or less like this. So you can see all this area we own, um, that is Group 11's ground. So that's important to note. But now the question is, where within that south side do you look? And, of course, we already know that this corridor appears to be quite interesting. So we're zooming in into into this area in particular. Uh, But more so, we also believe that there is a cross structure running through here somewhere. And it could be here, here, here. It's somewhere along here. But notice that there's a fault running through this area and there's actually a fault running through here and in here uh, to the palace green deposit. So we have an inkling that there is some kind of cross-structure through here. Um, There is also a seismic line that was done by a previous operator over here, and that also we've uh, reprocessed that and looked at that in more detail, and it does seem to suggest potentially something going on over here, which would connect the dots over here. And lastly, uh, one other piece of evidence, well, it's these strange-looking rocks over here, and these are the Noxifin volcanics, and they look like a bit of, uh, like a crescent shape that basically um, only occurs on this side, the south side, but doesn't occur on the north side, and that suggests that there's been some tilting, and that, again, gives us the idea that there's probably a cross-stretcher running through here. Why is that important? Well, if you have a lot of faults running this way and a lot of faults running this way, you have a very nice intersection zone. And again, going back to what we said about Ballywire, intersection zones are very prospective for zinc mineralization in uh, Ireland. And therefore, this is where we want to be looking. It's, we're very excited by this area. And the hole that we drilled was a step towards that potential hotspot. Intensive purposes.
1: It looks like X marks the spot. Bart, I'm curious to find out more about the cross fault area. Can you show us something on that?
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll zoom in on and go basically from the side. So I'm going to spin this around and take a look at it from the side, and that really shows what's going on underneath here. So now we're looking right underneath the Limerick Volcanic Complex. Just going to use my yellow pen here, and the cross fault area. This is our best guess as what what could be going on underneath there. So we've kind of drawn it as a series of faults, and the feeder structure could be here. All this red is our potential. Uh, zinc mineralization over here and of course what we think is that this could be the source of all the zinc in the rest of the camp so this actually this area could be feeding the palace green stone park system uh, in this direction over here so it's a quite an interesting area and uh, we think that there could be areas higher up and then the other thing to notice that this is not to scale this is vertically exaggerated so just in case um, you're wondering about that this is um, not going to be 510 kilometers deep this is on the order of a kilometer deep, probably down here and uh, and further a uh, little bit further than that. But that's kind of the uh, along the lines of where our Palace Green might be. Of course, we don't know that yet until we drill, and this is part of the reason why we want to drill it. But just so you know, this is a vertically exaggerated view just to show what the lithologies are in this area. But essentially, we have a very interesting zone now. This is where where we think could be the uh, the real um, the real prize of what we're trying to find here. And now I'm going to zoom in on our hole that we drilled essentially just just now. Take us through the actual hole and and tell us exactly what did you hit? So what we're looking at right now is basically a zoom in on the top of this cross structure, if you want to call it that. We're getting closer to the cross structure. The hole we actually drilled is located right here. And this is the 230 meter zone that we effectively hit here. And it was effectively... uh, a zone of uh, brecciation, volcanics. Uh, brecciation just means broken up rock. So a lot of a uh, lot of uh, fluids were pumping through this. A lot of iron sulfides. So pyrite, possible marcasite. Marcasite is another iron sulfide. Interesting textures of different sorts, different generations. So it looks. It doesn't really matter what it means, but effectively, it's a very dynamic, energy-rich system. Lots of fluids that was dumping out a lot of pyrite and possible marcasite. So why does that matter? It matters because we're effectively, just to give you a, a context, so there's a, a few holes that were drilled here historically and this is what's called the Carrick prospect and the Caraculo prospect was uh, a zinc discovery in the 1960s it has some really high grade zinc intercepts right at surface here so we know we're all along uh, an interesting trend here and of course we believe that there could be a, you know a big prize down here somewhere and this hole was designed to effectively test for any type of clue that we're getting close to a hydrothermal system or the edge of a zinc system. And in fact, that's exactly what we found here with this 230-meter zone. We got uh, some experts to look at it within Ireland. They they wrote us a memo. We actually put that up on the website. That's Dr. John Kelly's memo. And effectively, you know, if we zoom out here a little bit, I'm just going to show you what we think might be happening here. So effectively, John Kelly's memo basically said that, look, in the southern part of Ireland, uh, zinc deposit you know imagine if you had a zinc deposit over here, say they're typically zoned. so you might have a zinc area in here. and as you as you get out outward from that you get uh, zonation. so these are this would be a lower grade area of zinc and then by the time you get to the outer reaches, you're just basically getting a pyrite halo. and this is this would only really uh, really have pyrite in it. And nothing, nothing else. Maybe a little bit of elevated zinc, which is which is what we're getting, but not much else. And so this is what we think we potentially may have hit with uh, with the hole, and that's why it's uh, quite quite an intriguing uh, area for us. And this is what we need to be testing with further drilling. The value proposition here looks quite intriguing. Do we have
1: any additional clues that might uh, uh, make the thesis more promising?
0: Yeah, there is actually one other piece of information which is quite intriguing. So we already know we have 230 meters over here, which is which would be considered quite a quite a, uh, a long intersection, quite a thick intersection. But there's one other dimension we uh, which I haven't mentioned yet. So I'm just going to flip this to the to the plan view, and look at it from from the top. And again, I'm gonna maybe I'll use the black pen here. So the hole we were just talking about is uh right here maybe i'll use the blue pen so it shows up a little bit better so we're in here and effectively what we found out that uh, when we started looking at the data the we look back at this hole that was drilled back in 1998 i mentioned there's one other hole only one historic hole in the southern half of the limerick volcanic complex well this is where it's located and when we look back at the logs, the geological logs, we were surprised to see that it also hit um, similar stratigraphy, a lot of pyrite, possible marcasite, and over uh, quite a significant distance. We're actually pulling that hole right now. We're going to investigate it further. It was never assayed, so we're going to we're going to assay it in due course. So very interesting. But that is 1.6 kilometers away and so and the other thing to mention here is this hole was drilled in 1998 well palace green the deposit wasn't discovered until 2002 so this hole was drilled a full four years before anything was known about palace green and its significance so the the significance of this hole was pretty much unrecognized up until uh, we drilled this hole a few a few weeks ago and realized wow there seems to be quite a quite a large extent of this potential mineralization, and again, if John Kelly's uh, zonation is correct, and the idea is that you know there is something out here, and it's already showing to be potentially quite extensive in in strike, so it is quite an quite an interesting area. In this interview, we shared Group 11's concept, Big Think.
1: Talk to us about Big Think and how much of a uh, role did it play in the successes here at Stone
0: Park? Well, it played. Uh, a very big role in our success, I think. Like Big Think basically is a is a comprehensive search for Tier One zinc deposits using a large district scale ground positions combined with cutting-edge technology like seismics and, and of course good old-fashioned uh, homework and data compilation. And one of the key examples uh, of what has come out of Big Think is this palace green corridor, which is really starting to pay dividends. And um, essentially, at Stone Park, uh, we are now awaiting the results of the TELUS Airborne Geophysical Survey run by the GSI. And we should have that data by the fall. And that'll further our big think initiative because we're now going to overlay a whole new data set uh, over top of our preliminary drill program that we just talked about. And that will really refine our targets. Hopefully, it will give us even uh, maybe one or two surprises, new concepts to think about. Um, and that's going to further the the big think and transition us into the big drill. And the big drill effectively is a, a more focused and uh, extensive drill program slated later for this year at Stone Park, but also at uh, our second project, which is Ballinalac. Sir, we move into the company's capital structure.
1: You just referenced Ballinalac. What's going on there?
0: Right. So we're actually ready to drill there very soon as we have uh, all the geophysics and other data already in place, compiled, analyzed. So we're just fine tuning the targets right now and we should be ready to go uh, starting this summer.
1: Switching gears, Mr. Jaworski, please share with us the current capital structure.
0: Sure. So the shares outstanding right now are about 64 million, and uh, in terms of options and warrants, we have 11 million out. So fully diluted, we're at 75 million shares. Cash-wise, as of the last financial results uh, for Q4 that were out December 31, um, that was 1.9 million dollars Canadian, and we just raised about half a million, just under half a million dollars Canadian. All right, sir, you survived the storm. Mr.
1: Jaworski, multi-layered question. What is the next unanswered question for Group 11 resources? When should we expect results? And what will determine success?
0: Questions like, can these guys get a strategic backer on the back of these results? You know, I think that's that would be a, a fair question asked of us. Uh, are you guys working uh, your arse off, for, for lack of a better word, uh, or is this a, a livestock company? I think that's a very fair question in this market for shareholders to be asking of their of their juniors. Uh, questions like, will the Balanlak results be good enough to move your market? Um, will the Telus geophysical results uh, that, are, that are upcoming lead to any earth-shattering revelation? So I, I guess those are the type of questions someone might ask. Uh, the other question, I was actually um, somebody I was talking to recently who's not in the mining business. And they, their, their main question was, you know, the only thing for me is how close are you guys to mine ability? And I kind of, kind of said, well, you can't really say that. I, I can't really answer that question in earnest. But what I can say is that in Ireland, um, to get to being threshold economic, you need 10 million tons at 10%. Roughly, we have five million tons at roughly those types of grades at Balinalak, and again another five million tons at Stone Park. So effectively, you know, you can do the math: uh, five million tons versus ten million tons. But that is essentially just a just to give people a flavor of of where we are in the cycle towards mineability. Um, I guess, and, and then to answer your other question, when should we expect the results? Well. Strategic backer? Well, that's an impossible uh, question to answer, really. It might happen. It might not happen. Hopefully, that would be something we you don't know. We're we're quite active on that front, and hopefully, something um, uh, sooner rather than later, I guess. But that's an impossible uh, question to answer, really. On the lifestyle question, absolutely, hundred percent. We're working our our butts off here. We're working one hundred and ten percent. I myself work, uh, you know, North American and European hours. And just just to make sure everything is uh, going as smoothly as possible. Plus, we have a great team. Uh, it's also very hardworking. On the and, uh, line, and if so- I, if I may, I can vouch for those hours, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you Thanks really you are. Much. You uh, you're you're in Ireland, and I'm here in the Carolinas, and uh, you and I correspond throughout the entire day here on, on my time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff you need to do. I think if you're if you're running. Uh, a junior exploration uh, company in this, in this, especially in this environment, probably always, but especially in this environment that we're in right now. On the Balonlock results, uh, that would be starting in the fall. So once we start drilling in this uh, early summer, the initial results should be coming out in the fall. Any kind of proof of concept that the Navin beds are significantly mineralized would be highly significant for us. Uh, so that's that's an interesting point. And I guess lastly on the TELUS, geophysical survey, that's coming uh, probably in the fall. The flying has already been uh, been completed. So uh, we're looking for uh, results on that. And, and success there would be any kind of data showing us where the major fault structures are, and hopefully ones we didn't even know about previously, because that would, be, that would be quite interesting. Mr. Jaworski, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Well, I guess on the macro front, trade wars and the rise of protectionism, I'm pretty much okay with everything else macro-wise, including the zinc market, which I'm bullish on, especially over the next two to three years. In terms of the company, I think it's natural as a CEO to be optimistic and positive, which which I definitely am. But I also think you, you kind of need to worry about pretty much everything. If you're not, you're probably not doing your job, especially, as uh, again, as a junior in these markets. I believe you have to um, constantly seek out and find problems before they find you. So I'm very cognizant of that. It's probably, that's probably why I put in the long hours, as we've uh, already discussed, including the European North American hours. And that's again, just to, just to make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible. Finally, what did I forget to ask? I guess we could say investment climate in Ireland, especially for zinc, maybe worth mentioning. I think I think the government of Ireland is doing an excellent job of creating a safe and attractive environment for foreign direct investment. And and mining is a big part of that. Ireland scores very highly on the Fraser Institute. And uh, just look at the government's participation, for example, at PDAC, uh, the biggest mining conference in the world uh, every year in Toronto. Um, and that's sad. Uh, they're absolutely have a, a very strong presence there every year. Uh, other than that, I think we've covered all the bases. Uh, there's certainly a lot of other elements to the story, of course, but uh, but I think nothing nothing pressing uh, of note otherwise.
1: You know, speaking of the bases, Mr. Jaworski, a lot of uh, speculators in the natural resource space, they love gold and they overlook base metals. And one in particular is zinc. Why should someone have zinc in their portfolio?
0: Well, I think there's some interesting elements to the zinc market. For example, you know, there's the old story of the galvanized steel and everybody pretty much knows. And zinc is the fourth most mined metal in the world. Uh, so it is a very important metal. Uh, it's uh, almost everywhere. It's everywhere in your white goods and construction and cars. But there's also these two uh, two elements in fertilizers, for example. That's a nascent uh, element of the market or part of the demands, uh, part of the market that is just slowly coming around. Um, tech has actually just uh, cut a deal with the World Food Program in China to deliver zinc into its fertilizers because the cost of the fertilizer goes goes up a little bit, maybe four or five percent. But all of a sudden, your yields go up by 25% or more. So it's very accretive to add a little bit of zinc into your fertilizers. The nutritional value of your crops also go up. So I think that's quite interesting for investors to potentially look at. There's also been a breakthrough technology on the battery front just in the last few years. It's been written up by Science uh, Magazine recently. In fact, I think it was in early 2017. And effectively, you can now make zinc batteries rechargeable. And uh, ever since Edison's time, zinc was a primary battery metal, but it couldn't be recharged and therefore really fell by the wayside uh, f- uh, in terms of other metals. But now that's all changed. And it just in the last few years, now you can make zinc batteries rechargeable and they are cost effective. They're energy dense. And I think they can give lithium a run for its money, especially uh, or at least in the small to medium sized uh, range Uh, EVs out there. So I think the zinc will have a role to play in the green energy space and the battery space, grid power storage, for example. So I think it's a very interesting and exciting part of the market as well to take a look at.
1: Mr. Jaworski, for someone listening that wants to get more information on Group 11 Resources, please share the contact details.
0: Yeah, check out our website. It's www.group11resources.com. And the 11 is the word 11, uh, not the number. And as a reminder, Group 11 Resources trades on the TSXV
1: symbol ZNG and on the OTCQB symbol GRLVF. For direct inquiries, please contact Spiros Kakos at 604-630-8839, extension 503. That number again is 604 630 39, extension 503. He may also be reached at cacos at group11resources.com. And finally, we invite you to visit provenandprobable.com. We deliver mining insights and bullion sales. Bart Jaworski of Group 11 Resources, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thanks for having me.
0: The information presented on Proven and Probable